This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Hey, everybody. It is a special surprise live show of It Was a Thing on TV. Greg here with Chico. And I. And guys, something dropped on Paramount Plus in the last week. It is something amazing, something they've been teasing for over a year now, and is finally here, the director's edition of Star Trek The Motion Picture. Now, in case you guys don't know, you're thinking, okay, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Yeah, isn't that a boring movie? No, 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 no. This is... Well, it's kind of boring, no. (laughs) No, no, this was... Uh, well, to understand the history of Star Trek, the motion picture, the theatrical version was rushed to get into theaters in December of 1979. So much so that Robert Wise at the premiere, the director of the movie, handed off the finished film, which was literally like completed like maybe a day or two beforehand at the premiere of this movie in DC in 79. But Robert Wise, the director, who, in case you don't know who Robert Wise is, director of The Day the Earth Stood Still, two-time Academy Award-winning director for West Side Story, The Sound of Music. One of the all-time... If anybody could do this film, it would be Robert Wise. Yes. So Robert Wise always felt like this didn't live up to what the way I wanted it to be. And so years later, he asked Paramount, Hey, I'd like to have a chance to finish this movie the way I wanted it. So Paramount let him redo the movie, refix a couple of effect shots and recut the movie in certain places. And it was released on DVD in 2001 to wider claim. Now, here's the thing. The original version of the director's edition was only rendered in standard definition. Because remember, in 2001, HDTV is a new thing. Blu-ray is not going to come out for, like, another five years. Yeah, it's like, nobody saw the whole Blu-ray revolution thing. Everybody was always was concentrated on DVD. Nobody saw that, uh, that eight, that... 4K, let alone HD, was going to be a thing down the line. Or or streaming video. Yeah, or streaming video. So when this film came out on Blu-ray for when the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies came out in, in 2009, you only had the theatrical edition. So that was all you had. And they just released last year paramount the 4k ultra hd collection of the first four movies we're originally going to do or all four movies from one through four that we planned about last year and we are going to do two through four but we want to wait until the director's edition of one came out on paramount plus because they last year announced that they were going to bring back the team 
that assembled the director's edition and redo all the effect shots and render them in 4K. And they've also made some minor improvements that weren't possible back in 2001. So this is basically a whole new version of the director's edition from 2001. Yes, this is a restoration of sorts. This, they've cleaned up. They've cleaned up the effects. They've enhanced the audio. This is basically the movie as it was in, originally envisioned. Only now it is envisioned even better. Yes. So okay. Now we have the um the now. For those of you who don't understand, if you're wondering, if you're playing this movie and you're wondering why there's like two minutes of like nothing yeah that's what i was like i i originally watched this movie but after a really bad day at work on thursday so i turned it on and it started with an overture shot of two minutes of space now now here's the thing back in the day it was very common to start movies with overtures now this was actually like one of the last movies to have an overture. It was actually this and another movie that was released in 1979, Disney's The Black Hole. You don't need to hear about that. No, 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 no. And you don't even need to watch it on Disney Plus. If it's on Disney Plus, but why would you even want to? We don't talk about the black hole. No, no, no. We don't talk about the black hole. Okay, so we both have the movie paused at the 117 mark. Which is about so, halfway through the overture. Okay. As you uh, will listen to Jerry Goldsmith's fantastic score, which you can buy right now on La La Land Records, because they just came out with a two-disc uh, re-release of the score. There was actually a three-disc CD release by La La Land Records about ten years ago, which has since sold out. I have a copy of it, by the way. But the new two-disc edition... You can get it right now on La La Land Records. Or you can... It's actually available digitally also on iTunes. So... nice. Okay. So we have it paused at 117. So sync your stream on Paramount Plus. Or if you're listening to this a couple months from now and you have the 4K Ultra HD release on Blu-ray because this is going to come out in September. Go to the 117 mark, pause, and then when I do the five-second countdown... And I say play, you play. Okay, okay. here we go. All right. All, 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 all stations reporting ready for warp, Mr. Diener. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one, play. And I really like this theme, by the way. It's a, it's a, you know what, Jerry Goldsmith did a really killer soundtrack for this movie. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Now, they, now, of course, if you're a, a person of a certain age, you wouldn't know the Jerry Goldsmith uh, theme music, or, or you would have heard it the fir- for the first time in 1987, when it was used as the theme music to Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes, so this is actually the debut of that theme here. Yes. Because, obviously, the the original series would have had the Alexander Courage theme. Which you do hear, like, hints of in the um, movie. I really like how Jerry Goldsmith uses the little 
familiar do 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 in certain points of the movie. Yeah. It's very, very soothing. Yep. Do 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 Ding, ding, ding. All right. Everybody turn off your cell phones. It's movie time. And there's the old Paramount logo of the time. Paramount, a golf and western company. I would have thought they'd uh, plaster the uh, hundred the the uh, centennial logo on it, but oh well. Well, actually, in the DVD edition, they used the um, in 2001 they used the 87 to 02 version of the Paramount logo. Uh, but yeah. I'm glad they actually brought back this for this. And actually, fun fact in the director's edition. Because in the theatrical version, the credits are just white on a black background. Yeah. Now, the one story I heard, and I listened to this on the Inglorious Trexperts podcast. Now, the reason why it's gold is uh, Robert Wise was proposed two versions of this, of the credits for the director's edition, in blue and gold for the director's edition. And Robert Wise went with the gold because, according to his words... The gold has more balls. <laughs> the gold has more balls. Yes. I get that. And also the um, credits in this version in the 2022 4K version are sparkly gold. Yes, these are these are these are not the original credits. No, the this is not your uh, typical credits this is like oh this is special and here you see the first of the really big enhancements that they did for the movie we have three klingon birds of prey obviously They look kind of cleaned up. They look cleaned up. Yeah. They look like they went to the Klingon Birds of Prey car wash. They look nice. They look sexy. course against that new computerized background you can definitely tell there's a bit of home cooking there yeah what a detail on these ships oh yeah and by the way the klingon commander played by bork leonard Sarek? yes And fun fact, the Klingon language in this movie was created by James Duhon for this movie. Yeah. They just decided to go with the with the Scotty's drunken rants, perhaps. I don't know. This would be like improved upon in uh, three, but we'll get to three when we get there. 
So we got this mysterious cloud. They fire on it. You're firing on a cloud, bro. That, why? This is not a good idea. That's never a good idea. And, like, huh? And now the torpedoes are gone. They just vanished, sir. They They just vanished. I've never known I've never known a Klingon to run from a fight. This is the first time. And now we see the space station Epsilon 9. It looks it looks pretty big. Like, it looks pretty massive. And I love how they we see this random guy in a spacesuit. There's all that's that seems to be a running gag with this movie. It's like there's always a there's always like a random guy in a spacesuit. Yeah, I bet it's the same guy because you see they're always wearing the same thing. Another thing that you notice, and they they do a really good job of trying to clean this up, but. It is obviously a. It, it is the obvious projection is obvious. Is what I want to say. Yeah. Ooh, got thunder. Well, why does trouble always begins with a lightning storm in space for some reason? Oh. It's. Oh, but what? It's a lightning storm in space. Oh, one of the ships completely disappeared. All right, they're going to fire. All right. It, wait, what? Huh? Oh. And now it's gone. Now. And it's like they fired the. Okay, we're gonna load up the torpedoes. We're gonna fire the torpedoes, and it's gone. And it's gone. So you understand the ship? It's gone. Uh-oh. Why does everything have to head toward Earth? Meanwhile. Meanwhile, on a planet that is definitely not Earth. Hey, look, it's Spock. Oh my god, Spock's a hippie. And we see these the mountainous statues that just dot the landscape of Vulcan, and yeah. also a lot of fire. A lot of fire. 
And this is where we see Spock prepared to accept the Kolinar and purge all an ocean. This was actually uh, referenced briefly in the beginning of the 2009 movie. Now, should I, as this is going on, if you remember, this was originally going to be the uh, Star Trek Phase 2 as part of the... uh, As part of the aborted Paramount Network of the late 70s. And then when Star Wars and Close Encounters became a success, Michael Eisner, who was running Paramount, said, you know what, we should do a Star Trek movie. Yeah. And and they also kind of sort of decided, you know what? I don't think the network's going to work right now. Yeah. So they basically just used the script for the pilot episode as the movie. They expanded it. They enhanced it. They gave it up. They threw a whole sh- bleep ton of money at it. And this is the result. Yeah. But one thing I want to note is uh, originally Spock wasn't in phase two. No. He was going to be replaced by a character called Zahn, and I believe he was supposed to be played by the guy who you saw as, was the uh, commander at Epsilon 9 in the scene earlier. Yes. So they basically put him in the movie as, like, a make-good. Yeah. And well, the one person they did get from the pilot and uh, and actually did get for the movie, you'll see, you'll see her in a second. Yes. But, um, Spock, he's... He, he can't attain Colin or oh nope. shame. Ah, uh, damn my human emotions. Oh, that was a really what? good necklace too. Shit. Hey, there's something about that necklace, but I'll tell you that at a later date. Starfleet okay. headquarters, San Francisco, start eight seven four one zero dot two. And these are all cleaned up for the 4K edition. And I believe they added a couple of flying cars. I don't know. Yeah. Just to give the appearance of flying cars. Did they borrow those from the planet Earth pilot, I wonder? What? We'll have to look at the planet Earth pilot again. There he is. There's a man, Jim Kirk. By the way, have you ever read the novelization of Star Trek The Motion Picture? No, sir, I have not. Oh, you should read it. It is a trip. It's basically, if you've never read it, it is basically Gene Roddenberry was on some things when he wrote it. That's all I'm going to say. Gene Roddenberry was on some things. Yes. Now, fun fact, this uh, space station you see right here, that was actually reused in Star Trek two as regular one. Except they, the one difference is they actually turned it upside down. 
And these are some, I believe these are some new shots right here. Yeah. And there is office level port five. As opposed to starboard five. So, okay, Kirk is beamed up. There's Scotty. And it takes about like five billion years to beam up somebody. Yes. Except not now pay, really. Now, pay attention here. Okay, remember that. The transporters are not working. Now, this scene, as we're about to see right here, this, when people talk about the motion picture, they talk about, oh, it's boring because of this. But I have to say, yeah, well, not talking, what we're about to see after the talking, but I say this is important for story purposes. Yep. Meanwhile, obvious, obvious projection is obvious again. Yes. Well, Now, okay, picture yourself in 1979. This is the first time in 10 years that you've seen any Star Trek. And this is this is on the big screen, okay? You're fi- they are teasing you. They are C-teasing you. See, they are hiding. I see where they're teasing me. They are, they are not showing you the whole ship. Now, this is on purpose. This is on purpose to get you like, excited. Like yeah. Paramount knew exactly what they were doing. Yes. Up, oh, floaty guy. Look, Ma, no hands. Now, as you're hearing the music, I should make one note, okay, about the uh, effects for this movie. The effects of this movie were done by um, Douglas Trumbull, who did the effects for uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. And uh, also assisting him was uh, John Dykstra, who, of course, did some of the special effects on Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And Douglas Trumbull is actually an emergency replacement because the one special effects company that they were supposed to use, like, worked on this movie for a year and they completed, like, exactly no shots. 
So they had to like go to Douglas Trouble it was fresh off of close encounters. Yeah. To get this get the effects ready so it can be released for December of seventy nine. But like, okay, here we go. It's gonna turn gonna turn around here. It's gonna turn it's gonna make a turn. Yeah, this is the scene where I'm looking at it, and it's up, and like you know, it's obvious that the uh, it didn't really clean up all of it. Yeah, hold on, here it comes. There it is. There she is, in all her glory. And you see, this is what he mean by gave her back. He, it was like the ship is calling to Kirk. It is calling like, to me. This is, this, it's like, this ship, life on this ship is all Captain Kirk knows. Oh, sorry, yeah. Admiral Kirk. I forgot. He's now an admiral. But he's been, you know, he's talking about, he's been, you know, working in command for like two and a half years on Earth. It's like. It's an office job. It's basically an think, office you job. You think Jim Kirk is suited to an office job? No. His destiny is to be on that ship. And oh, look at that detail, like on the bottom right there. Oh. This is all this is all models. This is no CG. This is models. Well, there's a couple of there's some, there's, there's some, some CG, CG shots for the for the uh for the uh, update, but most of this is models. And there's that guy with the suit again. Now they have to back into the ship. Now they got to back into the to the uh, porthole thing. Because remember, they have to back the tender into this ship because the transporter apparently doesn't work. No, the transporters are not working. That's why they have to go into the, to the hole. So, this is, so, the, so the tender is attaching itself to the ship right now. Yeah. Or are you? I know how. I know how to talk. Ship. Boom. Bitch, I know how to get my way around here. Oh, 
Oh, nobody can figure out how anything works. Well, remember, this is a completely new redesign. Yeah, because because they bumped up because they were not gonna have the TV set. Obviously, that would just be stupid. What? I'm not going to tell him. Are you going to tell him? No. Yeah, who do you think you are to talk about Kirk like that, you you walking forehead, you? We worked with him for five years. We know how this works. Meanwhile, to your left, you have an actual warp core. Not sure if it works, but it's an actual warp core. I don't think we would have ever seen it on the original show, right? No. They didn't, they, NBC wouldn't have the money for it. No. That wasn't in the Desilu budget, I guess. Which is weird, because Lucille Ball really champions this show. I know. Played by Stephen Collins. And boom goes the dynamite. And that's all we're going to say, folks. We don't talk about Stephen Collins. No, no, no. You know, we did make a seventh heaven joke in the last episode we recorded. Why don't you tell me? Oh, no. No, no, well, you, no, you're going to have to no. listen to episode 258. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh. Ooh. Bro. Shots fired. Bro. 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 Oh. Oh, oh boy. Hey, hey, remember when I told you that transporter thing? 
would be important. The, the transporters still don't work? Yes. Well... Now they're trying to, uh, trans, trans, they're trying to transport somebody. They're transporting the, uh, commander who was with Kirk earlier. Yep. And someone else. And doing the, and the, uh, new transporter room chief, Yeoman Janice Rand. Yep. Like, not many like, people gra- remember her. Not many people remember Grace Lee Whitney, but they remembered. Oh. Oh, God! Oh, Jesus! Uh, for the love of God, pull them back! Oh, no! And Rand can't even watch this. It's like, oh, this is so horrible. Kill them, you'd be doing them a favor! Fortunately. Oh, well. Eh. That's nice. That's nice. But Kirk's like, ah, crap. I don't have a science officer. I have no science officer. I have no first officer. I have nobody to make me look good. Now what? Oh, great. Oh, man. What a jerk. Who, Kirk or Decker? Kirk. He just gave him, like, double his duty. He just demoted him to commander and of a science officer just because the other one died okay they watched the the way, this is what a recreation room on the enterprise looks like yeah yes and by the way all the most of the extras here fans of the original show yeah which is ironic because this looks like something out of space 1999 yeah That is uh, David Gautreaux, the um, the commander of Epsilon Nine. Commander of Epsilon Nine. He was supposed to play Zon on the uh, Phase Two. He yep. looks like 
He looks like Lou Diamond Phillips, but he is not Lou Diamond Phillips. Yes. By what? Like, we are under attack. And the only thing you can say is, by what? Now it's be now the station is being absorbed by the cloud. I thought things being absorbed by the cloud weren't going to be a thing for another 20 years. For 30 years. Like, oh, I don't think the guy, I don't think the guy in the spaceship made it. No. And how is there still a camera there? That makes no sense. No. That makes absolutely no sense. Uh. I've never seen a bunch of geeks look so sad. Just wait until they reach... Just wait until they watch season three of Deep Space Nine. Why, what was so sad in season three of Deep Space Nine? I don't know. I just picked the worst Star Trek series and picked a random season. You could have picked any season of Voyager or Enterprise. I liked Voyager. Well, then pick any season of Enterprise. Oh, wait. Oh, oh. Decker just got attention. Oh, now you're interested. Boing. I guess she's heard about you. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Who, who would be refusing to go in the transporter? Probably the same. Probably somebody who heard about what happened to the to the first guy. It's just a Kentucky farm doctor with one hell of a, with one hell of a Jesus piece, am I right? He's, McCoy is looking full pimp here.
What? Yeah, they did. Damn it, Bones. I need you. Badly. <laughs> I love how he puts the extra emphasis on putting his hand out to Bones like, come on, take it. And that's some chain McCoy has on. I told, I told you, nice Jesus piece there, buddy. He's not wrong. Yeah, I can't disagree. Okay, now they're about to leave space dock. Did you turn the inertial dampener off? Seems to have a problem with that in another dimension or something. And there she goes. There it goes. And there goes the guy in the suit. <laughs> gonna miss the guy in the suit. Yeah. Take a good look at him. You're not gonna see him again. No. At least not until uh, Star, Star Trek, Trek 2, two yeah. when they have to reuse some of the footage. for. Oh, he just had to sneak out. Ooh. Look at that. That's, sun, that's beautiful. Sun slowly rising. Okay, something I'm going to point out, because I remember this from the um, the DVD text commentary right. from Michael and Denise Okuda from the uh, director's edition when this came out in 2001. Now, right. when they're about to go ahead here, 
when they're about to go to warp here, and you're going to see all the planets in a second. The image you're going to see of this um, planet Saturn was actually like the most detailed photograph of the planet Saturn at the time from 1979, uh, taken by one of the Voyager probes. Look at that. There's Jupiter. And it's many, many moons. And there's the um, reference to the original theme right there. Mm-hmm. And cleans up nice. Oh. Well, it's good to know even in the 23rd century, they still have computer centers. Oh. All right. Might as well might as well see what it can do. This is going to be fun. And we have war. Uh, wait. Huh? Everybody buckle your Now they're just doing this little thing on the bridge, like. This is turned into that scene from Willy Wonka. You remember that scene from Willy Wonka, right? Uh-huh. Um, we got a problem. Oh, man. Now everyone's tripping balls right here. No phasers. Belay that order. No. And I like whoever closed captioned it spelled delay with a B. Yeah. 
Oh, and there's the there's the familiar Enterprise rock there. Away. Oh, oh, it's an asteroid. It's just staying there. Target locked. Now that shot, that is new. Okay, you can stop bouncing now. Oh. Oh, good, it's over. You haven't been captain of this ship for three hours, and already we're in some deep shit. Well, who's going to correct this problem, Chico? Uh, 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 that would be us. Somebody's got to keep you from, you know. Yeah, getting out of order. Mm -hmm. No, he's like, oh. These used to be my quarters, you know. So you did it good. Your 
Oh, he totally ghosted her. Mom, you know she can't. You know she ain't about that life. Huh. Hmm. Well, never mind that. We have a courier to come on board this ship. And here it is. Wow, that is a big courier. Hmm. The Surak is the name of it. The Sur the Surak. Yes. Shuttle just dropped out of warp and is approaching the Enterprise. By the way, while we're watching this, I should note a fun fact about this. When they announced the press conference for this movie in 1978, it was the largest press conference on the Paramount lot since the announcement of the Ten Commandments. So this was on par with the Ten Commandments, baby. But okay, here we go. Wait, what? Wait, oh. what? Spock. Hi. <laughs> and that guy and forehead in the background's like this guy.
I'm actually pleased to see you too, Christine. It's good to see you. Yeah, he uh, he has to do some things. Yes, he's focused on things. He his mind is in. Oh, there it is again. He's just focused on. I want to fix this problem. Just what I just want to fix this problem so I can go back home and do the colonar. And okay, so Spocky's fixed the warp problem. And it took three hours, less than three hours. By the way, Sulu's got some guns on him. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the gun show, am I right? George must have done some, like, heavy weightlifting. That was a thing, right? And, well, obviously it was. Obviously. What am I talking about? I, lo- I love that. It's trippy. A little wink. Mm-hmm. Who's he winking to? Who knows? By the way, this uh, background here, that's all new. I figured. Why does he look like he's the captain of the love boat? The love boat. Oh, I love how he corrected the pronunciation. Okay. Fine. I'll sit down. Only because he said please. Don't tease him.
Hmm. Nope. No, none. No, we're good. Yeah, we're fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. How are you? Wait, that's another movie. Oh. That's never good. No. Run. Dong. It's a cloud. Yeah. I gotta say, the thing I love about Jerry Goldsmith's score is the just the sounds from the uh well I get we can't say it right now but what the cloud I guess we could call it right now the cloud like the dong like those type of noises I love that I love that part of Jerry Goldsmith's score it's just that part yeah. It just makes, just gives you a sense of this, like this, oh, this thing is just terrifying and alien. I love it. An object? Yes. Yes. He almost raised his hand. Whatever that is, it's circular in nature. I think this is new, too. Uh-oh. Mr. Spock said space. Said He's speak. lost. He's lost in thought. What? Say what?
guidance system unknown. Everything's unknown. We don't even know what the hell this is. Oh. Oh, it just fried Chekhov's hand. Uh, Dr. Chapel. Now, just remember. Nurse Chapel is now Dr. Chapel. I was like, oh, I can fix this. And she just uses uh, some sort of psychic dealy to sense his pain. Yeah, some, whatever, whatever it is they do on Delta 4. Meanwhile, Dr. Chapel's looking. By the way, Dr. Chapel, of course, played by the radiant Magil Barrett. So we have Magil Barrett looking at a young actress doing some sort of psychic ninjutsu. Does uh, this yeah. look like anything? By the way, Lieutenant Ilya played by Persis Kambata, who was actually originally cast in Star Trek Phase 2. Yes. And actually shaved her head for this role. That's dedication. That's dedication. And she took the role despite Gene Roddenberry warning her she would have to shave her head completely before filming. So. Yo, Spot, what's the dilly? Oh, cool. Thanks. What did you tell him? Jealous. 
By the way, the uniform. I just want to point out the uniforms that they wear in the motion picture. Very much 70s. Uh, yeah. Which kind of makes sense why they go with completely different uniforms in the second movie. Yeah. Now they're slowly going into the cloud. Everyone's just stopping to stare at this. I believe some of these effects are new right here. And they look at... Yeah. And what in the world is that thing? That's what I want to know. But it sure is pretty. A lot of a lot of new footage it looks like. How is this possible? Up oh, flashing lights. There it is. There's the object. What in the world is that? And if I'm not mistaken, I believe in like the theatrical version, you don't, you never actually see the object. So it's just like they go, it's like, huh? It's a, it's like, look, it's a thingy. What is it? You didn't see it in the original, but you'd see it here.
Oh, by the way, Chekhov's fully recovered from his injuries back in his post, so. Thanks, Ilya. Just put a they just put a little ice on Chekhov. He was fine. Robert Tussin. Some ibuprofen. They probably still have ibuprofen in the twenty third century, right? That's okay, Spock. We don't know what's going on with that thing either. And Ooh. That looks like the Epsilon. Electricity. 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 By the way, while we're waiting, do you know who convinced Leonard Nimoy to uh, take the part and return as Spock in this movie? 
You know who Robert Weiss? No, no. You know who Robert Weiss sent? And you're not going to believe this. Who? Jeffrey Katzenberg. That'll do it. Well, remember, he was working in Paramount at the time under Eisner. So, yeah, they went to I Disney. know. Like, it's either this or we do a movie version of Mission Impossible and somebody else plays Paris. You want that on your conscience? Katzenberg gave Nimoy a check to make up for lost royalties and said he was on my knees. I was on my knees begging Nimoy during the meeting to join the film. So just picturing Jeffrey Katzenberg beg. I can't not picture it. Okay. And I, oh. What are you doing? What? What? Huh? Now there's a, a beam from the... Whatever they're doing, it's making everything all fussy for some reason. And more white. Again, I love what they're doing with the uh, restoration, but it seems like they half-assed it. I think some of it also has to do with the way it was shot back then. Because it sort of looks like this in the theatrical version, too. Ah. (laughs) Chaco was like, yeah, I know. I'm not... I'm, I'm not, not doing this scene. I'm not going anywhere near that thing. All right, cover your eyes. Don't. By the way, if you're watching this along with us, you probably should have said that there was an epilepsy warning. Uh... Oh, no. Get away, Decker. Smash! Hey, I was reading that! Cover your eyes. Don't look at it. Don't look directly at it. Damn it, Decker, what are you doing? Boom. Oh, yeah. I was like, huh? Even that guy next to Decker's like, what the hell? And Decker's I kind of like that, though, how as soon as Eileen disappeared, the tricorder just 
drops. drops. Yeah. And now, oh no, now, now they're being sucked into the tractor beam. You got yourself a Kobayashi Maru there, buddy. And look how small the Enterprise is compared to this. Well, the Enterprise is a small ship to begin with. That it's stuck in this really big whatever it is doesn't help. No. Not many people know this, but the but the Enterprise is a small ship. Come on, Bones, I just want to hit him once. Mm. This looks like an entire city. Or what a city would look like in the 23rd century. Curiosity, huh? Is that why Kirk is having a staring contest with whatever that is? Guessing. Well, they're stuck on this. I guess you'd call it a ship. I think. Well, whatever this thing is, we're stuck inside of it. So what do we do now?
Yep, they got them right where they want whatever this is. I believe we're looking at his butthole. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, you're right. And it's opening up. It looks like some kind of origami thing. Ah, oh, crap. Wait. And we've lost them again. Oh, no. Now we got more crap to deal with. Wait, what? What? What is? What? Someone's in your shower, sir. I, what? What? Oh, no. Now, for whatever reason, she got an outfit. Tricord her. Who is Veger? What? Humans, dumbass. The creator? What creator? He wants to see God? No, that's another movie. You're uh, not helping! We're not getting anywhere. Whatever you are now, like Leah. Come on. Come on, Ilya. 
Okay. What? Uh, somebody should give Decker the bad news. Then again, yeah. this is Decker. I think he's had his fill of bad news today. He lost his captainship. He lost his girl. Ali is in there somewhere. Yes. Spock figures it out. You, um... Yeah, we gotta take you and tell you the bad news. We got some news here. He's an alien talking about an alien who's hooked up to another alien. See, Spock has figured it out. Her memories have to be in that probe. They're like, okay, maybe. Okay, Will, we might need you to help try to unlock this and figure the whole thing out. Oh. Oh crap. <sighs> oh. F. Oh no. He's going to do something that he's <laughs> He's going to do something that he is definitely going to get fired over. He said it, not me, folks. <laughs> and there you see all the uh, ships in the past that were went by Enterprise, including the Space Shuttle Enterprise. Which, actually, if you're in New York, you can actually see the Spatial Enterprise displayed at the USS Intrepid. Now we're back in the recreation room. Uh, um, okay, what do, okay. Ooh, shot, shot, shot glass chest. Okay. 
So basically, this is Simon. I guess. Looks more like stay alive, if you ask me. You remember stay alive, right? No. Before your time. Google it. Yeah, whatever. Like, Ailey is trying to break free of the of that thing, but that thing is not having it. Nope. Data storage. It's now going to open up. I think it's going to open up. Oh. Fox, like, is anybody looking here? No one's here? No one's here? Okay. Sorry about uh. this, dude. Hey, gay. Why? I am sorry. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And? <laughs> yeah. So what? Your point, sir? Yeah, no, what are you looking for? What is he looking for? What is this feature looking for? 
What are we all? That is an interesting theological question. What are we all looking for? There's that guy. Now Spock took. Remember, he took the suit. That's why. That's why he gave the nerve pinch. He's gonna go. He's gonna go inside this thing. Now, this was a completely redesigned sequence because the original, like, the way this was structured originally was, like, Spock was going to go inside this, like, memory wall thing inside of V'ger. But when Douglas Trumbull came on board the project, as I mentioned earlier, like, all the footage that was tested for this, he reviewed, it was like, uh, we can't use any of this. We got to, like, restart this whole thing from scratch. So, like, they came up with this. What? Oh, he figured it out. That's a good Well, he's not dumb. Wait. Like, it's not dumb, you know. Fire! He just wants to know what's inside of that thing. Now he's inside of it. Takes the thruster off. And now he's just going to explore this. Can't you say that to all the whatever this is? Oh, I see. Oh, Epsilon 9's here. 
So everything V'ger has absorbed is in this area. They are inside a machine. And there's a, there's like a giant 3D model of Ilea. And there's a sensor. That must be the sensor on her neck. Okay, so. Right, he's going to mind meld with it. Good luck with that. Oh. No. By the way, if you, like, pause it in certain images, you'll see, like, images of, like, Lieutenant Ilea, people on Epsilon 9, the Klingons from earlier. It's actually pretty fun if you, like, pause it at certain spots. Yep. Meanwhile, Kirk is taking his own thruster suit out. Yeah. And it just, and I, I, I don't know what happened. It's, I guess Spock is still in shock over the mind meld. Oh, yeah. And pushed pushed him out like, okay, off you go, buddy. Okay. You've got to tell me what you saw up there, down there, in there. I just heard you laughing.
Wow. Well, how are they going to get him onto the bridge? Even if I have to carry him myself. Okay, this completely new right here. Where you see the outside of the ship. Where I I don't think you saw the outside of the ship in the 79 version. Nope. So you never had a like an idea nope. of what it actually looked like. Nope. Now you do. The creator. Radio. How very 20th century. And Beecher is angry. Where's my answer? Okay, Decker, what are you going to do now? And it just spit out another. Another. I'm just going to keep doing this till I get an answer. Where's the creator? Ooh. No, no, really? And Earth Defense Network is not working. Machine. 
A machine. A machine. What? You mean Spanker? That's what I just said. Oh. Oh, it's pissed. Cool. Well, a little bit. Well, yeah, about that.
Okay. Fine. Fine, I'll let you win. Oh, well, they better get this done fast. Oh. Oh. This may hurt a bit. Now this, that was new. Meanwhile, Spock's just pondering. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, this scene coming up right here, not in the theatrical version. Spock's crying, yeah. Now, this symbolizes both Spock and V'ger's journey. Because both of them are lost.
That's why he's looking for the curator. This is new. Now these beams of light here, they're going to form a bridge to V'ger. What information? That's what we're all trying to figure out. And you see all the bridges of light forming this bridge. Yep. That is completely. The the size of people in relation to the size of the Enterprise. I told you. The Enterprise is a small ship. Well, All right, we're going to see V'ger. And what, what? What the wedding? What? It's a set. What? It's a satellite.
that a Voyager probe? Hold up! You're gonna... Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! No, I've seen it in the Smithsonian. I mean, come on. I mean, seriously. Yeah, but I mean, hold up. It's it's coming up in a few... Like, a minute, so... Oh. Huh? Huh? See, it's it's apparently in the Star Trek universe there were six Voyagers. Little bit. So how did this probe get here? Well, we're about to find out in a bit. As you, I'm guessing you're hearing it talk. You can call that talking. So it fell into a black hole, emerged on the other side of the galaxy, and fell into the machine plant's gravitational field. And so the machine plant was attached to it, discovered the programming. And returned it to, to the creator, which we are at right now. It has so much knowledge. It achieved consciousness itself. Yeah, that's what it. Yeah, I'm a living thing now, bitch. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm a man now. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a big man. Lots more input. Yeah, no one's going to remember something that's 300 years old. On a radio? Hell of radios of the twenty third century. 
Radios. Oh, I think we just woke it up. No, I will not transmit my data. No. No. You can't. He's like, nope. All right, group puddle. Don't do it. What? Oh no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Riley is like, 
No. Fuck you. Not only does he know what he's... Not only does he know what that'll do, he's actively looking forward to it! Well, he said it as much as Kirk wanted the Enterprise. He's like, well, might as well do this. He's getting all sparkly. Oh, will you two get a room already? Could you imagine? You watch this in 79, you're thinking, man, I must have done a whole vat of acid before watching this. <laughs> and Kirk's like, what? They're like, okay. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here before this really turns creepy. Boom. And there's the Enterprise out of it. As Vijer goes to wherever it went. Oh. 
Oh, they're uh, yeah, missing, missing. Oh. That's his like, Nope, I'm good. Yeah. And there goes the Enterprise on its next mission. Yes. Wherever that may be. Then again, if you think about it, wherever that wherever that may be, is pretty much <laughs> Part and parcel for this franchise. Yeah. And now, heading into Warp Drive. And now, wait for it. Wait for it. I'm waiting for it. The human adventure is just beginning. And... No coincidence, that is the tagline on the poster. And that's your movie. was just beginning. Hold on. Yes. Yep. Isaac so Asimov? Yeah. <laughs> special um consultant on this movie yeah they went all out on this they totally did they're like we're bringing this to the big screen and well we need somebody to explain this science explain to us the science stuff i guess to get as scientifically accurate as possible definitely So yeah, what as the credits roll, what are our final thoughts on this movie? It seems like a it seems like a two parter. That makes any sense. Well, this was a pilot movie, so I know it's a I know it's a pilot movie. That's why it seems like a two parter. And it had a nice had a nice little flow to it. It didn't get to it got to where it needed to get to in the time it needed to get to it. Yes. Like, people have... People... I get why people complain about how slow-moving it can be, but that's kind of, like, the point of the movie. Yeah. It's, it's, suppo- not, it's, not, exact, it's not Star Wars, for Christ's sake. This is well, about think, a, a journey of... Adventure. It's supposed to be, like, the show. It's it's like the the journey is the adventure. 
but it is understandable why it, they went the way they did for two. Yeah. Because Paramount was like, well, we can't really have another movie like that again. As much as I enjoy this movie, I I enjoy the direction they go after this. Mm-hmm. But that'll be another story for another day. Indeed. Filmed in Panavision, color by Metro Color, recorded in Dolby Stereo. Made under the jurisdiction of IATSE. And now we get the credits for the director's edition right here. Right. And the 2022 edition. Yes. And this got an Atmos mix. Which, by the way, I have a Kindle Fire HD 10. And earlier this week, I listened to the movie with the Dolby Atmos soundtrack because uh, Dolby Atmos is built into the Kindle Fire. Uh-huh. It's very good. Nice. Copyright 2022 by Paramount Pictures Corporation. All rights reserved. Or Bob. We miss you, Bob. Paramount, a golf and western company. All right. So you can can even argue that Paramount is the its own feature. Because it went from a Gulf and Western company to a Paramount Communications company to a Viacom company to a Viacom CBS company and back again to its own company. Back to Paramount again. Well, when you have your own streaming service now, it's like, might as well be. Might as well go all in on that, huh? Might as well go in on the brand at this point. Mm hmm. Uh, R.I.P. Viacom name. Uh, Long live Paramount. Yeah, long live Paramount. But uh, that's going to do it. And um, I when this comes out on the uh, on a regular feed, it will. I'm going to try to release this probably. I'll say this comes out on Wednesday. Um, Tomorrow, I think, is the. the mini-sode, I think, uh, right? Uh, tomorrow is the mini-sode, Tidy, and uh, we're gonna do the uh, we're gonna do our special Easter episode over the weekend. You're gonna like. I think you're gonna love the. the I think it's gonna be. It's really cute. It's a really like what the hell episode. But you really yeah. whittled it down. You really whittled it down there, Greg. Well, a lot of our episodes are what the hell, but I think this. This is like, I think it's like the feature of shows we've done. Kind of, sort of. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yes, we're going to say what the hell a lot, but it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I think you're going to enjoy it. And then next week, we kind of get back on course for Marvel Month. 
where uh, we we talk about uh, well, can I hint at what the two shows are for next week? Uh, well, let's just say one involves a high-profile remake of Doctor Doolittle, and involves a Sulu in the Coven timeline. Let me try that again. Um, We're live, pal. Yeah. Oh, oh crap. Anyway, like I said before, one involves a one involves a really, really high-profile remake of My Fair Lady. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as I said, Sulu from the Kelvin timeline is in it. Yep. And the other... And it's another, it's another remake of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Except it's not Mr. Smith, it's Mr. Thanos. And, uh, produced by Lawrence O'Donnell? Yes, that Lawrence O'Donnell. Yeah. That's probably going to be the most uh, curious entry of all the ones we've done. Yep. Maybe. And that's going to be in the months to come as we celebrate both the release of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness at the at the beginning of May and the uh, premiere of Moon Knight, the first two, well, the first three episodes of which are on Disney Plus as we speak. Yes. Uh, how is uh, Mark Spector going to manage all these personalities in his head? Who knows? I don't know. We'll see. It, wor- it worked for the lady on Orphan Black, but then again, that's another story. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're going to um, do this again because we're going to eventually do live shows for Star Trek 2, 3, and 4 at a future date. So. Uh, stay tuned and who know and keep uh your eyes peeled on our stream lounge page so we haven't done something on stream lounge for a while so we're gonna do something keep at it just stay at it was a thing on tv.com and you'll stay up to date everything going on the site but until then i'm greg that's chico and we're shutting down this captain's log and we'll see you next time Take us out, Greg. That's the best I could do for the ship. Yep. Going to warp drive. Too bad, too bad we, too bad we weren't in a hurry. I could have done my Jade way. Get us out of here, Greg.